Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Roll to Cast, a tabletop RPG podcast with both actual plays and interviews. I'm Chris, and this week I'm joined at the table by Sean. Hello! And Ellen. Hi! Following the end of Season 2's actual play of Vampire the Masquerade, we continue our inter-season content as we're joined today by a fantastic guest. He's a writer, game developer, community manager, marketing specialist, storyteller, plus so much more, and he's joining us all the way from sunny Melbourne, Australia, (laughs) it's Brian Holland. (laughs) Sunny with your tongue planted firmly in your cheek. Uh, Australian humour. Yeah. It's a little interstate humour for you guys. There we are. How are you, mate? I'm doing very well. Like, thank you so much for for having me. Um, you are you are one of uh, a very select group of people who have used the contact feature on my website. Uh, so congratulations. Was that a um, test? Did we pass? And, yeah, no, it's great to be here. I'm so excited to talk about like my favourite thing, which is um, sitting around a table pretending to be a vampire. And <laughs> um, a big fan of um, really diminishing my hobby into its most base form so uh for a long time it was just like you know sometimes you just want to hang out with your friends and pretend to be an orc for a little while and yeah. it's just i mean we can veer away from that subject as well if you'd like but uh, it's all we do really isn't it we, we just veer talk in about- and out yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's about anything um but I mean, part of this is because uh, we're an Australian podcast and you're an Australian working with a whole bunch, not just not just White Wolf, but a whole bunch of role-playing uh, game companies. And we thought we'd we'd throw a bit of light towards you, a bit of spotlight. Um, and, uh, a bit of sunny Melbourne light towards yeah. you. No, and, vampires hate that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you fools! <laughs> and, and talk about, you know, you and, and how you um, got into the industry and your thoughts on the industry and, and mm-hmm. all of that sort of stuff. Well, let me know how you want to begin. Like, I can... 
David Copperfield it or... or <laughs> <laughs> start right at the start. How did you get into role-playing games? How did I get into role-playing games? Oh, this is one of my favorite stories to tell. Not that I've told it on any other podcasts or anything. No, of course. Um, this I'll, is be, I'll be checking. This so is exclusive, when, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, uh, um, this may surprise you and potentially some of our listeners to learn that I was a bit of a nerd in high school. No. And I know, right? Oh, my gosh. Um, but I was a nerd in high school and I played a lot of um, tabletop games and, and board games and such. But it was always like role-playing was always like this final frontier. It was kind of like this, this was still ripen game shame era like in the early noughties like this is long before critical role or any sort of popularization of of tabletop it was still like the gamers were still firmly in the basement yeah um (laughs) but so so me and my friends there's no way we're going to play dungeons and dragons like we weren't losers (laughs) no (laughs) we what we wanted was to play the d20 version of star wars oh yeah that's um, that's much cooler (laughs) yeah no so much cooler so um i took my little pay pack from my very first um, music gig when I was like, I would have been 14 or 15. And I had consulted with my friends. I'm like, oh, yes, I'm going to go buy the Star Wars game. We're going to play the Star Wars role-playing game. It's going to be great. Lightsabers rule. And I went to uh, the little shop in the uh, slightly larger country town uh, outside of the small country town that I grew up in with the intent to buy the Star Wars role-playing game. Uh, And when I got there, um, I saw something else on the shelf and the clerk to me uttered um, a sentence which, without being too hyperbolic, really did change the entire course of my life. Because I said, what's that? And he said, that's the vampire game. Uh, oh. So, I'm sure you can imagine the look on my friends' faces when I returned, not with the Star Wars <laughs> D20 game, but I was just like, oh, by the way, we're doing this yeah. instead. We're playing vampires. Yeah. Not with the space opera, with the gothic punk. No, the gothic punk, yeah. No, and none of us were goths. Like, we were like nerds and kind of some yeah. like sports nerds and just computer and like we weren't we weren't like goth scene emo people or anything like that either i, I have no idea to this day <laughs> what it was that made me want to play the vampire game um i should point out as well that this was vampire the requiem i then went back steps and went back into masquerade and and the and as i still call it the old world of darkness versus the new world of darkness and i understand very clearly why a lot of um old hats and a lot of people don't like the new world of darkness or some themes of what is now called the chronicles of darkness but um for me it'll always be very very important because it's what it's what brought me into the world of darkness to begin with and and really did as i'll say again um alter the course of my life i'd be a very different person both personally and creatively if it if it weren't for vampire i think a lot about what would happen what my life would look like (laughs) if i had the star wars game instead and i I don't know if it's much better (laughs) i I have to i have to wonder though i know this is going the opposite direction but did you ever end up picking up the star wars game oh so um i was at <laughs> hard pivot i was at uh, <laughs> RuneQuest con down under oh nice this would have been in october or november i want to say and there was a second hand store and they literally had that book and i tweeted it saying like hey this is the book that i nearly bought instead of getting vampire and a friend of mine like replied being like oh man like I always wanted to play that game. I've never seen it anywhere, so I bought it for him. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've never gone to it. I'm sure it's fantastic. <laughs> um, I've played some Star Wars role-playing games. I love Star Wars very, very deeply. I do not think it at all works as a role-playing game. But, um, <laughs> of course, if you touch that Star Wars book now, you'll enter an alternate dimension and you'll just ruin the fabric of reality as we know it. So <laughs> yeah, best, yeah, best my, uh, to stay away from it. I'm sure it's great. but <laughs> Yeah, I'll wake up from this dream. <laughs> yeah, I have a question. You made money from music? at like age 14 oh yeah so i i i, I um i play the violin 
Uh, so oh I, I had, it was a gig that I, I was, I think it was probably the, the first and only actual paying gig I ever had was just playing some folk music at a pub in the, uh, as I said, the small country town that I grew up in. Um, and I think they gave me like $60 or something like that. And I had some other pocket money. This was before I was working. Um, Holy so it was crap. a big deal. That's why, that's the other reason it was so like loose that I didn't buy the thing that I'd built up to buy. I went yeah. and bought this other book instead. Yeah. I mean, like we're all gigging creatives like here in this room, but I'm like 60 bucks for a gig. That's pretty good. <laughs> and I'm like, 20, <laughs> I'm 24, right, yeah. not 14. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a similar point of entry. I'm the player of the three of us, uh, who, New World of Darkness and introduced it to these two, but I started with uh, Requiem as well. Um, oh, really? That's yeah. So cool. What 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 covenant do you belong to? I, uh, I um, here's, here's some really spicy content. Yeah, that's right. Here we go. Um, really niche people for a really niche audience. Um, I'm a LS player. I always play. Um, oh, Lancaster the second estate. Yeah. How lovely for you. Yeah, that's uh, right. You're playing Invictus by the sounds of things. No, no, not at all. I'm a Circle of the Crone, uh, so I've got nothing filthy. to do with any of you. Uh, really <laughs> these words mean nothing to. Me. No. It's great. I mean, I, I still this. do no, get the no, trash no. talk um, element. I, uh, uh, you I, um, it turns out that I'm a Gemini, so I have a lot of dichotomy, but my oh. favorite things are like Lankaya Sanctum and Circle of the Crone were my favorite, just as the same way that Deva and Nosferatu were my favorite. I, I really like opposites, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, I got a lot of time for the, the Sanctum. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, wait, you're a legit Gemini, as in. In, in real life, yeah. Oh, okay, I mean, same. Yeah. Snapsy. Twinsies. Twinsies. Good. I, Bit I, of I, a I, horoscope I, humor for you there. Yeah, I, I, hit, I hit my Saturnalia this coming Saturday, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, my goodness. Well, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not dreading it at all brian if you're a, a nosferatu deva lover for requiem <laughs> what do you what what clan do you enjoy in masquerade i my excuse for this ironically is that i'm gemini so i can never make my mind ah, up uh, very it good. Really depends i see uh, through that <laughs> yeah, yeah um at the end of the day as much as i would like to be a magister a member of clan la sombra as much as i think of myself occasionally as a proud member of the Banu Hakim, I'm pretty sure I'm a member of the ministry when it's all said and done. Oh. I am a satire, yes. Yeah. So, and I locked that in when um, I had some lovely art commissioned uh, of me oh, uh, as a satire. Yes, on Twitter. And I'm, I'm feeling really, really awful. I did not prepare this, but the, the artist's name, uh, she's fantastic. She, she does a lot of um, cool vampire-specific masquerade uh, commissions. She did that one, did a bit of a viral run where it was like all the different clans' fangs that went oh, around. Yeah. Was like, oh, was yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, we reposted so, yeah, that. So, yeah. yeah, so I contacted her after I saw that and I was like, hey, can you indulge me and draw a picture of me <laughs> <laughs> as a vampire, please? That but is also so in dope. my cowboy outfit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is it about? Like, you, because you, you said you steered away from uh, Star Wars and brought vampire, and that's what started your love of it. What is it about the vampire system that actually drew you to it and kept you playing? Jeez, that's that's a lot. Um, <laughs> I know. So, so, the perplexing <laughs> thing that I can probably one day unpack in therapy is that uh, <laughs> vampires when I was a child, used to scare me beyond belief. Uh, like, absolutely just terrified of vampires. Like, based on nothing, um, obviously. Then, I don't know, there was sort of like that alluring thing of reclaiming that fear, maybe. In terms of what had me sticking with it, I, I do really think it was the way that it had been written um, and helmed, at least Requiem, by the the masterful Justin Achille and the 
foundations that have been laid for it by Mark Reinhagen and the original White Wolf team was that it's just so based on story. And I think, you know, there's nothing I can say that wasn't already so brilliantly explained in the World of Darkness documentary, which you can catch uh, on on Amazon Prime. Uh, also, if you're in Australia, you can catch it on Amazon Prime and I highly recommend it because mm. it, it goes it does a deep dive on the history of the World of Darkness and Vampire. It's very much worth the watch. Um, but it's the same. It is the fact that it really, the game cared about character and story and it put that at the forefront so much so that when we started diverging and playing other games that maybe were more focused on you know your combat ability and killing monsters to get treasure and experience points that we still at least my core group and me as a as a as a game master um, would always come back to like, well, this needs to be about story first because without context, we're just rolling dice and putting numbers down. And there's nothing wrong with that if you want to do that. But that's just sort of what I think will always keep me bringing back to Vampire is the ability to tell these stories about people because I firmly believe that no matter what story you tell or what you write about, uh, whether or not they're humans at all, it's unavoidable to write about the human condition. And mm. you're always telling telling stories about... And then this goes much deeper into just what what i what i like about horror as a genre i suppose as well um which is that good the best horror i think uh tells a story that would work regardless of whether or not it had the the horror template cast upon it and Mm. what what the best horror does is it it uses horror as a lens to enhance those otherwise already very good stories and i think that's one of the reasons vampire will always be a part of my life and definitely the lives of you know hundreds of thousands of other people across the globe and, uh you kind of go into the idea of uh, v5 and emotional storytelling in a article for good games didn't you before i worked for the world of darkness team at paradox i um was at gen con for the second time uh, with uh, with Good Games, who I, I still do work for, mainly in their head office doing content. And yeah, I did a uh, interview with uh, some of the creative team, um, the Martin Erickson, who at the time was the lead storyteller, and my now boss, Jason Carl, about V5. And we talked a lot about that. Also, Kenneth Height popped in randomly, which was really great <laughs> because he's, uh, he's, he's just quite quite a big name in the industry. And it was great. He was literally like wandering past and said hi to Jason, I think. They just invited him to sit down and I was there like halfway through the interview being like, oh, okay, this is fine. Um, <laughs> cool. Hey, bro. I uh, haven't can prepared. I ask you some yeah. more questions. Yeah. It's such wonderful kismet that you like. There's this interview of you with the vampire creators and then now you get to be involved <laughs> in it. Like how, what was yeah. the bridging steps there from being like, oh, this is really cool to like this is still cool but now I am in it. <laughs> Because that's, that's the really interesting thing is that whenever, you know, we've done interviews in the past, it's always that thing where generally uh, creators will say, and, you know, I did high school and then college and then I worked for Marvel. And it's like, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Like, it's like that, that bridge between a, a love of something and then being able to do it for a living. Like, how did that come about? I had to give myself a kick in the ass to make it happen. So, like, <laughs> my background was uh, <laughs> I was actually a um, – fuck it, I can say who I worked for. Um, I don't work <laughs> for them anymore. <laughs> I, was a, I was a manager at uh, Ralph Lauren for five years. Holy um, shit. Yeah, so okay. I worked in high fashion. There was surely a moment, like, I wasn't happy. Um, I was I was doing that while also writing manuscripts for novels and telling myself that, well, when my novel gets published, I'll get out of here. And doing a lot of game stuff, like, on the side, like, just 
just as a hobby. But it was when one time I had, like, I mean, I had endlessly shitty meetings at that company. They're horrible people to work for. Um, <laughs> We've all seen the Devil Wears Prada. But one of the times it was, it was like me as, I would, at the time, it would have been 25 or something when this happened. And I uh, just had an insufferable meeting with an insufferable human being. And at, the, and at the end of it, they said, oh, by the way, you need to do something about your shoes. Um, those shoes don't really work. Like, you, you need to, like, change your outfit for the shoes. And I walked out of there and I'm like, I'm like 25. I just don't want to ever have a job where someone has to tell me what kind of shoes I can and cannot wear. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're wearing Crocs, that's a problem. Well, I mean, no, it wasn't. They were just like, wow. Anyway. But they were high-end fashion Crocs. They were high-end fashion Crocs. Um, and yes, yeah, so I decided to quit my job and start working in games. I took a very, 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 very big pay cut and started working at just a, a local retail good game store started doing some game jams for digital games on the side i my first digital game jam thing like went pretty well i went to uh gdc which is the game developers conference in san francisco on a pretty heavy limb um after with some support from people from the local digital games industry here in melbourne they're they're really it's a pretty great community and when i say support i don't mean financially i mean like they were very encouraging i i I, I, um was fortunate (laughs) enough to be able to you know pay my own way and i took meetings and um i took meetings with people just uh just like hey i'd love to meet you and chat with you and just trying to form genuine connections with a whole bunch of different people which is really great um at chris rasa who uh made darkest dungeon if you've played darkest dungeon he's a lovely human being we we sat at the table and well we were going to talk about horror games but i was wearing a warhammer t-shirt uh and he just started talking about how much he loved warhammer for like a really long time that was great like we just had a sincere connection and one of my other meetings was um with a man named tobias who uh was the then ceo of white wolf and we just got chatting and whatnot and uh, we had a nice chat. And then uh, a few months later, he just happened to email me saying like, hey, uh, would, would uh, working with us as a community manager be something you might be interested in? Yeah. So I guess things sort of happen slowly in a whole bunch of ways, like mm. from my work at the retail store for good games, I then convinced the head office to take me to Gen Con so I could cover the the event for them on their website and I now still do that stuff for them even though I don't work retail anymore and uh, obviously then there's my whole digital game side as well so I went, when I went to GDC the second time I decided I wanted to take my digital game stuff a bit more seriously and uh, I applied for a grant from the fine fine folks here at Film Victoria <laughs> um, to fund uh, a video game and they did fund it and so yeah it sounds really wanky I used to think this whenever people would tell me this but like if you want to do something just really just you can't say just do it because that's obviously ridiculous and you need to acknowledge that certain people are more privileged than others for sure and I I do acknowledge that but what you can say is like do your best to to create the opportunities for yourself to succeed in whatever way that is and I suppose that's been my sort of creed for the last four years and uh, I'm not still not exactly where I want to be but I'm way away from being told what shoes to wear yeah <laughs> you gotta go into the store you gotta pick up the vampire book <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly right yeah. i mean you would you adhere to the the practice that gives actors like us kind of the most anxiety which is networking i hate it you yeah. network, <laughs> yes, you network well i love being told easier. what shoes to wear yeah. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't the life for me <laughs> yeah networking is definitely scary but once you sort of realize that the nice thing about the games industry is that the majority of the people are super have very similar backgrounds in terms of just having a passion for games. So if you just hit someone, like send someone an email or DM them on Twitter being like, hey, uh, so you're going to be at Gen Con as well. Like I like this thing that you did, would love to buy you a coffee and just chat about the industry or whatever. The majority of people, if 
assuming they have the time, will be like, yeah, that sounds great. And it's, I really just, you should approach networking from a position of wanting to make a genuine connection with somebody that I've, I've got some real horror stories of, uh, of like, Hey, that's a great example of what not to do when you're trying to network. Um, (laughs) (laughs) not, not from me, from what I've witnessed to be like, cool. I don't ever want to be that guy. So so, instead of wearing uh, a Warhammer shirt, I should just go in (laughs) with a shirt that says, I love being in stuff. (laughs) Completely unrelated, Brian. Can we, uh, can we buy you a coffee sometime? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. You can, uh, Come over to Melbourne. I believe our borders are totally open right now. So. <laughs> um, I have a question about because you really love horror, and it seems to be a kind of like a through line in mm-hmm. most of your work. Um, I actually, uh, literally, just before we started, I finished playing your uh, two text games. Oh shit! Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, you oh, know, wow. okay. I, like I finished work, and I'm like, okay, I. I you know, had read about the games and I was like, I wonder if I have any time to play at least one before okay. our interview today. And then I just, I played them both because they were really compelling. Oh, that's good. One of them I think is better than the other. Uh, Whisperwood nearly made me sh- shit my pants. <laughs> 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 just, there was just one audio cue. I was like, ah! <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the, the, when the window smashes in Whisperwood. Yeah, yeah not that was, cool. That was very cheap of us. Not cool, yeah. dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, no. <laughs> Um, but there was something like I know it's probably because it was uh, you starting out making games. Mm-hmm. But there's something so compelling about horror and the text game mm-hmm. genre, like b- because you're just running wild with imagination. Yeah, is there anything like specific that you like to do to really kind of induce horror in people apart from break break windows and <laughs> <laughs> so, make you turn out the um, lights? <laughs> Horror really exists in one of one of two camps. Um, I've tried to define this before. I'm like a, a armchair horror academic. So there's reality based horror and there is supernatural horror. They're two very very broad concepts. And because of this natural dichotomy, is why um, horror as a genre is often so polarizing. Because the same th- we are, we are not all scared by the same things. I um, firmly believe that the 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 deepest terror is like the fear of the unknown and that that is also a very broad thing but for me that just comes right back to the fear of darkness and i grew up in a a house that were for all intents and purposes was in blair forest uh from the blair witch project i was we were surrounded (laughs) by uh natural natural bushland for like three kilometers in every direction Mm. Uh, so i pointedly didn't watch the blair witch project until i was uh i thought i was old enough i wasn't i was 16 And uh, it was the same shit. And then I was like, wow, that was really amazing. And the, the at, at that time, at being 16 and talking to my friends about it and people who didn't find it scary and whatnot, they said like, oh, it wasn't scary. You didn't even see the witch. And I would just like death stare them and be like, mate. I fucking wish yeah. they showed me the witch. That's what makes it I scary. I guarantee you it's better than what's going up inside my head right now. Yeah. Um, we flash forward 10 years and uh, in Blair Witch, like the sequel they did, they show you the witch and it really sucks. Yeah. I suppose that's was my mindset when I go to making text-based games because I want to play to the audience's imagination. I want to give you just enough information to you know make you second and in in those two games that you're talking about playing like in in whisperwood um and it's been a long time since i've revisited them but but whisperwood was very much about trying to bring about a sense of solitude um but not in a fun way like you you know you're alone you know there's something going on there's 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 repeated things like you know there's like there's the mud and the earth and all that kind of stuff and then there's obviously the the fear of missing children and all that 
that that kind of thing. And and then Doom, uh, D U M E, which is the other game that you, you're talking about. That was more. Yes. Um, that was a very cathartic game for me. Uh, that's like uh, I, I'd gone through a pretty weird uh, breakup, but I also wanted to. That was my first time experiencing. Really like, cool. I, I want to write a game about romance, um, but can I do that? through the lens of horror and if so what would that look like and what it ended up looking like was a much more linear experience but it was the uh the same type of type of deal i suppose that, that I, I tend to come back to things that scare me people might call me uh somewhat repeatist or like some sort of a hack for doing that because um you might notice trends in the horror stories that i tell but i don't think there's any point in me trying to use horror to explain something that doesn't scare me because then I don't understand how to do it properly. Yeah, interesting that you said that, like, it's, you know, reality versus supernatural because, like, both of them were both, I felt. Whisperwood, like, hit something very spooky for me because I'm always very scared of the idea of losing sense of self, which is, I guess, mm-hmm. really cool thing about Vampire and Call of Cthulhu is that, you know, you you run out of control of your character because it's like those are the things in life that scare me most of like losing control of myself Mm. and i think like the best myths and legends always kind of like tap into that as Mm. well yeah the the possession i don't want to use the word myth but the possession concept i suppose is hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's something that always really resonated with me so across a bunch of things so it's one thing that i'll i generally like to highlight in my vampire games is the concept of the, the beast you know this this other thing that's inside you um and cthulhu does can do that in a whole variety of ways as well um also the when i was i don't know maybe 10 i think younger maybe and even nine nine or ten my parents were watching like a like a E channel like top 10 countdown thing or whatever the fuck anyway it was it was like the top 10 horror movies or some <laughs> shit anyway and I was, this is like a saturday afternoon so i was sitting there playing with my star wars toys just minding my own business you know um, envisioning a day where i might one day own the star wars role-playing game <laughs> <laughs> and and uh anyway just idly sort of peripherally ingesting this here's the top 10 horror films and i was getting to number one and my parents did not watch horror films growing up they did not do it so the, i my attention was was brought because when they got, we were getting close to number one, both of my parents said, I bet it's The Exorcist. And I was kind of like, wait, when, since when do you two know enough about horror films to <laughs> then just be like, I know what this is and also what is The Exorcist? And I happened to look up and see, I don't know, like a five-second clip of Linda Blair in full demon possession mode, yeah. which was that five-second clip was the scariest film I've ever seen. Um, there was only a few times in my life I can actually recall being so scared that I could not sleep and that was one of them. Oh. Um, 
and I think that sort of kickstarted an obsession with what it is about possession that's just so upsetting. Uh, and I mean, there's there's far greater minds than I have uh, dealt into that because there's a whole bunch of psychological reasons why possession is so stressful. But it's definitely for me one of the my favorite core themes in Vampire to bring up is is the concept of the beast. As part of working with Paradox, going to to Vampire into the world of darkness as a whole, your community manager for that sort of area well that i guess department or section of the company <laughs> what does that entail what is involved in that so yeah a community manager so i'm, I'm part of a team um there's uh there's alessa she goes by alessa malkavian who's uh, our latino america ambassador and then uh i i report directly to uh martina zick like she's known as outstar Yes. Uh, oh, YouTube, yeah. everyone knows Outstar, so yeah. she's my direct boss. And then um, she's just come on recently. And then obviously there's Jason Carl, who's the um, the uh, brand marketing leader. So essentially a community manager acts as sort of like a bridge between uh, developers and the people who play the games. So if you've ever like tweeted at Bethesda or at Blizzard or and had a response, like the response you get is from their community manager um, or generally managers. There's usually quite a few of them. Uh, they essentially exist to um, help deliver information both ways. So a lot of my job uh, entails, you know, stimulating conversation, um, you know, gauging fan sentiment, communicating that back to the devs, you know, uh, when when things are really well received or when things are not as well received, those kind of things. Like very rarely will I actually, you know, go through and minutely respond to everything that I see online, but I'll be reading everything that I see online and then uh, helping pass those things on. So it's really just... um, it's a lot of smoothing. It's like giving a lot of the consumers a, a presence as well in their online spaces, which a lot of people, I know I, when I'm a fan, I find that very validating to have somebody from the team like in my Discord channel or, you know, in my Facebook group. I think that's, re- that's really good. Um, it's a sort of a position that's come up in the games industry like in the last 10 years as, as online players become more and more prevalent. But yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of my day-to-day in terms of what I can talk about right now. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah, I do. There's, there's a lot of things that go behind them. so you yeah. get all the weird questions from people who are just absentmindedly on twitter <laughs> my facebook message requests <laughs> inbox is a minefield that's okay. all i'll tell you okay yeah. i mean feel yeah. free to tell me to like fuck off but we had a question in our game which came up from a player which was do do they brush their teeth <laughs> Like, do, do, oh, yeah. brush, so do Kindred brush their teeth? We, we, had, a, we had a scene where we, we <laughs> our, our characters walked into the bathroom and we found a bunch of toiletries. And then there was about a, a two-minute kind of discourse between the three of us going, do vampires brush yeah, their teeth? Yeah, re- it really threw us through a ringer because we're like, I don't know, would they get stained from blood? Mm. Like-, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. Like, you, they still shower and stuff. They don't sweat or anything like that. And if you do secrete anything, uh, unless you're using the blush of life, you secrete blood. It takes the place of every other bodily fluid that you may have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, if you if you go gorge on somebody, you have to, in the same way you have to wash the dry blood off your face, you'd have to brush your teeth. It would there be we weird. Go. Yeah. Just, that's just such an insane <laughs> image just, to you me. You might just wash it out. But, like, again, I don't think you can build up bacteria in the same way. But, I mean, your world of darkness may vary. Um, but <laughs> No, no, we need a canon answer, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is your job as community manager. (laughs) No, look, I will will bring that up with um, the the brand editor, Karim Wamar, and I'll ask him. It's what everyone wants to know. Thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) 
I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> These are my players. Um, <laughs> We're dumbasses. How long had you been writing for? Because you mentioned earlier that you you had been writing uh, while working, that it was something that you wanted to get to eventually. Where did your like love or, or desire to write come from and, and how long have you been doing it? And what inspires you? Well, I mean, I've always wanted to be a writer. Like I, like I said, when I was uh, toiling away under the uh, Omega vinyl whips of Ralph Lauren, uh, <laughs> I still wanted to be a writer. I've always wanted to be a writer and be creative. And it's about those stepping stones. Like, so yet, like, I personally, like, community manager for for White Wolf was like, that's a great opportunity. Like, I'm gonna not, not I'm not gonna turn that down. Like, there are like just to be able to say that I was able to contribute to that body of work in whatever way was hugely important to me because of vampire being part of my life. I've 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 a quote from Vampire the Requiem tattooed on my back. Uh, like it's it's uh, it's it's very important to me. Which quote? Uh, in, a, if, in a lot of ways. If you don't mind me asking, it's it's delightfully emo, as you might think. <laughs> um, the quote on my back is, um, "For now, though, would you like to dance?" Which is from the 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 intro. I mean, flash forward to. Uh, it's not tangential, but um, I, I I also met the, uh, this past Gen Con. Happened to be chatting to a guy at a bar, just going on and on, you know, spamming back and forth at an industry industry event. And uh, it turns out that he wrote Vampire the Requiem, and <laughs> and I had a laugh because I'm like, well, I've got words you've written tattooed on my back, and he's like, this is pretty weird, man. And I'm like, yeah. Um, Weirder if you ripped off your shirt to show him. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think no, he just. I mean, he, I think he just believed me. Um, last week, I think, or the week before, I um I signed a book deal with Chaosium to write a supplement for Call of Cthulhu Seventh Edition. Um, oh, nice. Ooh, wow. That, but I cannot tell you. Yeah. I mean, I don't actually know if I'm allowed to tell you what it is yet, but I'm just going to err on the side of caution and just say that I can't tell you what it is. But yes, yeah, so I, I've got to, uh, which is all very exciting that I brokered the deal and I pitched the book and all that. Uh, and now I have to start writing it. So that's always the downside, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, now I have to actually do the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly right. And for. Beyond the Veil, which is the um, Film Victoria co-funded uh, video game that I'm making, that that was taking up quite a lot of my time for just over a year there when it was writing that. That ended up, that clocked in at about 280,000 words, I believe. Oh, so wow. that's quite a lot. In, in your role as community manager and putting your ear to the ground and, and talking and kind of uh, working with uh, people that just love the game and love the world is that kind of what inspired your foray into book of dreams and the twitch stream that you do oh, yeah yeah are we actually running a game how did that come about yeah so um part of my role as community manager is to create content for people to engage with i just went out on a limb and was like well let's create some really full-on content I, I had a group of people that i that i knew who are either friends with me or were industry folks who knew vampire and would want to play and i just said hey let's let's do a short chronicle maybe five to six episodes I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about how to stream and and learning different programs and Zoom virtual backgrounds and stuff. And it's uh, it's been uh, it's been real fun, uh, especially seeing the, the Twitch chat and people interacting and people leaving YouTube comments and being excited. Um, um, I just enjoy uh, telling the story, and uh, so that's good. We're actually um, the last episode is this coming Saturday, and I'm not sure if you all saw, but um, we are. Being joined by Shane Easton from LA by Night for the for the last episode, Fantastic. Uh, which we were pretty excited for. Yeah. So yeah. for those for those listening, that'll be last week, last oh, Saturday. Yes. Just yeah, yeah. And it, went, it went so well. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! Congratulations. Easily the best episode. So many twists and turns. Yeah. Mm, I can't believe you all yelled at each other like that, though. That was just really <laughs> shocking. And I that mean, ending, you though, literally, you literally could be. 
could be describing any of our episodes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were doing Book of Dreams. It was definitely going into it like I want to do the bloody soap opera version of, of Vampire. Um, <laughs> the encouraging advice that Jason Carl, the enigmatic Jason Carl, gave to me before we started, he said, break legs and hearts. Oh. And <laughs> That's was very good very advice. Lovely yeah. Yes, exactly right. And speaking of podcasts and of streaming, what are your thoughts? Certainly with things that are happening around us right now, um, the world is a little bit unpredictable. I, at least, looking at some, some numbers and stuff like that, seen an uptick in, in streamed content, in podcast content of role-playing games. Mm-hmm. How do you think that's going to impact the industry kind of once all this settles, if it does settle? Mm. Or, or do you think that we're seeing other storytellers modeling better better behavior or we're able to more accurately see our own strengths and weaknesses reflected back what are your thoughts on it generally we're very fortunate that i mean it's even for people like me one silver lining to everything that's going on in the world right now is that it forced me to really actually try role playing remotely like via via you know roll 20 or zoom or fantasy grounds or whatever you want to use um and it's something I was always very adverse to because I love having people at my table. I love, you know, I, I very much love the theater of role playing and being able to, you know, act and engage with one another. And I found that particularly when using something like Zoom to complement whatever tool you're using to track your character sheets and roll your dice, um, it's, it's actually um, far better than I thought. And even doing something like Book of Dreams probably wouldn't have come about necessarily had I not thought like, hey, it's it's apart from having to tee up time zones, this is almost um, in some ways more convenient with our busy lives than uh, a regular in-person meetup would be. For instance, like as I said, because um, I'm running a pretty epic Call of Cthulhu campaign in my own time at the moment and it's really nice to log off and just oh i'm already at home this is great i just have to walk over there and i'm on the couch i don't have to worry about like getting home or anything like that uh or dragging my books across town my precious precious books um <laughs> or someone think, bringing snacks there's yeah, always snack I, yeah person. exactly oh, yeah you bring your own snack break. i imagine there's a lot of people that are trying it for the first time and discovering that it works and and i think it could be people as well that are that are trying role-playing as well for the first time and engaging in some of these, like a lot of people have a lot of time on their hands, so maybe they're checking out something like Ally by Night or the Stream of Chaos for the first time to get some some extra to some extra content in terms of you know storytelling and, and, and engaging with stuff. I know there's plenty of people that watch watch streaming shows and um, even uh, you know audio audio casts. Like even with Book of Dreams, we've got people that watch it who do not play vampire, do not know anything about vampire. All they need to know is like I know what a vampire is and I understand that there are dramas happening right now. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's fine. Um, the thing I loved about uh, Book of Dreams is that even though it's like recording remotely and, and with Zoom backgrounds, everyone's still dressed up. <laughs> and like, uh, I mean, I'm, I definitely picked my clan like Toriador very well because I love the aesthetic. Um, but like mm-hmm. there's a huge community. The community of Vampire the Masquerade is really present and like people love to dress up and engage. And like I've been dabbling a bit with the 13 clan challenge, but like it's so active and, and present online and do you know why that is? Do you have any theories to why people really love to get engaged and not just play the game, but then dress up or get mm. art commissioned of their characters? They're just put this- tattoos on their back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think uh, it comes back to what, in my opinion, is the most engaging and most successful thing about Vampire 
is the idea of clan, is the idea of belonging. To go back to what Jason Carl has said in the past, it is you as a player, generally an outsider of some kind in your own life, getting to play the ultimate outsider. Yeah. And even within that, finding a place where you belong, the sense of tribe, the sense of kinship. And that's why people gravitate towards their clan. Like the, the, that's, that's one of, I believe, uh, the core reasons there are a lot of people that don't like vampire the requiem is because their favorite clan was not part of it like like famously requiem whittled down to five clans where it had been 13 clans plus however many dozens of bloodlines there were so i totally understand when someone was like hey this is what i identify with these are my people and now it's not there well i don't want anything to do with that and i think the next step for that was it was um world of darkness and vampire there's a huge huge impact on live action role playing in the 90s like it was massive like the Camarilla fan club and we still see um well not currently but there you know there there are huge larp events like uh, the night in question which is which is run um in in texas uh for the last it was the last two years it's probably not going to run this year but that, that's a fantastic sabat larp and i do think that it, the, the larping uh, allowing you to sort of embody your character and i think obviously there are other larps that are more fantasy based like your sword craft and that kind of thing but they're very much more gamified in the terms of we're gonna you know suit ourselves up in armor which looks great and that's fantastic and you're gonna go you know play out a battle but not everybody is suited to wanting to do that but i think everybody is able to dress up and essentially just enter a space where you're contributing to the game even if you're not doing anything if you just want to be a character if, if you if you are a malkavian and you are dressed up as your malkavian and you're in your malkavian headspace and all you do is loiter by the door and drink a glass of wine you are contributing to the game and i think that it's it's just another layer of how people want to express themselves. Like, I mean, with Book of Dreams, that was never part of our initial plan. It was literally, we did our first tech rehearsal to make sure everything would work, uh, which was the day before the first episode. And then all the players said like, oh, hey, like, um, is anyone going to like dress up? I was thinking of wearing a wig. And then it became a thing. And now every yeah. week it's like, Brian, for continuity, are we continuing this? I need to know what outfit I can wear. Which put a lot of undue pressure on me. I was like, well, what am I going to wear? <laughs> That's fine. I quit um, a job in really fashion fantastic. for this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever did you ever get involved with um the the LARP scene? I know it's something that Chris brought to us last week just because uh Chris himself was uh, used to be quite heavily involved in the LARP scene but we never have. Is that something that you ever dabbled in or ever or never got the chance to and wish you had or what's your kind of connection with the LARP scene? I've never attended a blockbuster LARP like a like a, a full LARP. That said a lot of my World of Darkness and Vampire games when I when when I was starting and when I was playing and well into you know my twenties, a lot of those games just sort of in a lot of ways became laps. Like we would make our characters, and then the first few sessions we'd be using characters. Then we noticed we weren't even using our rolling dice anymore. Then we noticed that we'd forgotten our sheets and we didn't know. And then we're like we're not even at a table. We're just hanging out having this conversation. We're standing up, and it's becoming more like like this interactive theater experience. And that's what we were doing. Like we weren't even really dressing up apart from we like we ran a chronicle where we were um, very inspired by Sons of Anarchy, where we were. Uh, a pack of werewolves who are also bikers and using that metaphor to talk about your your birth family versus your chosen family and because you see that in the bikey culture but also in the idea of 
being a werewolf and having a pack versus having like birth parents and birth families and what is the difference there so like when we did that we got to a point where we we're just like hey yeah yeah we on for um for let freedom roar on the weekend and they're like yeah cool I'll remember your sunglasses and your leather jacket because <laughs> everyone was just wearing a sunglasses and leather jacket because that's what everyone was doing and that's like and it makes a big difference i would encourage everybody to check out the kickstarter video for mind's eye theater which was done by by night studios that is the video that first made me want to made me really want, want to laugh but also made me terrified to laugh <laughs> because i was like i really want to do that but i don't want to do it if it doesn't look anywhere near as good it, it doesn't look it needs to look exactly as good as this does yeah <laughs> and i suppose yes and i suppose the fear of laugh is like i don't know if you've ever been to a costume party where like a couple of people really half-assed it and it's kind of like uh you're kind of letting down the vibe bro yeah like, this you know, is my whole you definitely don't want <laughs> Yeah, my you, nightmare. You want, in a lap, you want everyone needs to be, in my mind at least, for it to be good. Everyone needs to be on the same wavelength in terms of how serious this game is going to be taken, and whether or not. When I say seriousness, I mean just a, a respect for what is happening. Um, like I'm sure we've all played games with people that are taking the piss out of the game as you play it, and it can. With a game like Vampire, I think that is very antithesis of what we're trying to go for. Mm. I would say, at least for me, when I'm running a game. Like there needs to be a level of sincerity present, even if your character is not sincere, you yeah. as a player need to be. Yeah, there's definitely a, a social dynamic of cohesion around games to make them really successful. As a former LARPer, former LARPer, uh, I can tell you. For, uh, uh, yeah, that's it. Once a, once once a LARPer. A LARPer. Uh, I can absolutely uh, understand the concerns of uh, not everyone being on the same page. Uh, it occasionally happens, but it's good when everyone is. It's one of the one of the best yeah. one of the best things to do. I am trying to encourage these two to give it a shot as well. <laughs> I would I would love it, like because I love obviously to dress up and I take that really seriously. But like. If I was speaking with my fangs in, it would cause me to have a lisp and I just <laughs> couldn't take myself seriously. I'm, I'm going to take Brian's advice and just, you know, be near the door and just get drunk on <laughs> wine. Hey, yeah, if I've got my fangs in, then I have an excuse for not talking the whole time. <laughs> you, don't always, you don't always have to have your fangs out either. Like, it's my, my long-awaited point, appointment at the fangsmith is, is, is the next thing coming uh, up. But no, you can just not have your fangs in. I don't think I can live my life that way. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm right. Or die. <laughs> yeah. you, you've played obviously Werewolf, but do you have any other favorite World of Darkness games? Whether it's from what I would call the old World of Darkness or the new World of Darkness? Oh yeah, my uh, I should have sent you all a photo of my uh, my bookshelf before we started this, just for context. Um, but yes, no, I've I've got I think I've got every single book that was printed for the new World of Darkness line, and I have a significant number of uh, old World of Darkness thing and everything for V five. Um, it really depends on my mood and the, I think the type of story that I want to tell. I have some very, very good memories of Changeling. Maybe my favorite game, and I think it's my favorite game because it is the most unique and hard to do properly, is uh, was Promethean. Ooh. I think Promethean is, is a very good game and it's almost impossible to play properly i think for the way it's presented it presents some very very it, all i can say is that if you are ever in a situation where there are only two people and you want to play a role-playing game uh once a week for the next six months with just one other person then get promethean and do it that way Ooh. that's exactly what that's all i can really that's all i'm gonna say about <laughs> that awfully <laughs> intimate <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think that's all we have time for. Um, thank you so much, Brian, for joining us. 
do you have anything that you'd like to plug? Any spruiking? Yeah, uh, you can uh, wishlist Beyond the Veil on Steam. Um, it's going to come out in September. It'll Ooh. be great and you'll have a great time. You should do that. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you are welcome to do so. I'm at BW Holland. And yes, just please um, play games, love games and do what you can in life to do what you want to do with it, I think. That's some very um, dime store wisdom. For you. <laughs> so, uh, hey, I mean, we got it for free. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much for, for not just uh, sharing your thoughts, but also uh, sharing the story of the uh, kid from regional Victoria who uh, <laughs> suddenly is now working with, with Paradox on World of Darkness games uh, and the, the fantastic steps you've made in the industry, both video games and role-playing games. Thank you for sharing that story, a storyteller as always. That about does it for us i've been chris you can follow me at twitter at bonding chris i am and will continue to be ellen and you can follow me i'm only on instagram at ellybean96 and i am sean i believe my twitter handle <laughs> is uh slurl which good luck spelling it but s-l-i-e-r-l and i'll also take a moment to uh for those of you that are listening to roll to cast if you do come back uh next week uh we will be uh, participating in a uh, another interview with um, Justin Achille. Thank you so much for having me, folks. I do really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and letting me uh, share stories and bits and bobs with you all. Um, thank you so much. This is great fun. No, thank, thank you. you. We, we this has been so, so cool. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you for the You have been listening to Adelaide by Night, which is a Roll to Cast production. The best way to find us is on Twitter, Discord, and our Patreon. All our podcasts are on Acast, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcatchers. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash roll to cast. Portions of the materials are the copyrights and trademarks of White Wolf Entertainment AB and are used with permission. All rights reserved. For more information, please visit white-wolf.com. This season of Roll to Cast is made by fans for fans and is not officially licensed material of White Wolf Entertainment. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.